Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, Dan Illich here from Rational Fear. Now, before we start the show, I need to let you know that we've got two live shows coming up. One at the Brisbane Powerhouse in Brisbane, June 6th. That's Thursday, June 6th at 7.30. We have a huge lineup, including Bridie Connell, Wyatt Nixon-Lloyd from Tonightly, Tom Ballard is doing the show, Steph Tisdell, who just won a major award at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Mel Buttle is also performing. You may know her from The Great Australian Bake Off. DJ Diabolical will be there. He's, of course, from The Chaser and the head editor of Tonightly. And also Professor Hilary Bambrick from the Climate Council. Uh, We will be spending 90 minutes explaining, debating and talking about climate change. Um, so that's going to be absolutely stupendously good. Uh, and also after that, a few weeks later, we have a show in Adelaide at the Adelaide Cabaret Festival. And that lineup is looking awesome. Uh, Georgie Carroll, Lewis Hobber, myself, Bridie, Wyatt uh, and a few other guests yet to be named Uh, I think Cal Wilson is going to do it, which is awesome. So Adelaide and Brisbane, get your act together and get some tickets. Now, there is a slight technical problem on the recording of the Alex Turnbull interview tonight. Sadly, both Lewis and I's microphones weren't recording in the system we have here at FBI Radio. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Um, So the audio of us is coming through my headphone speaker, my headphone microphone, which isn't the best quality. So please, um, please bear with us. Uh, It's still an interesting interview. Alex Turnbull, uh, an interesting muckraker in this election. Fascinating chat with him. So... Without further ado, let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, after misplacing her glasses, Kerry Ann Kennelly once again mistakes a national televised broadcast for her own Facebook page. And in order to receive their $7 million in outstanding entitlements, former Queensland nickel workers are being told to sign gag orders to prevent them from making any disparaging comments about that charlatan and crooked fat Clive Palmer. And in nostalgia news now, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere has reached levels not seen for 3 million years. Scientists have described the atmosphere so chunky you can carve it. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear!
Yes, the media tries to make us scared of all sorts of things, but thankfully we do have the fear mongers here to pop that bubble and tell us what they should really be scared of. And this week we have former, well, not former comedian, current comedian, <laughs> and, and former, former writer for ABC Tonight, Lee. It's Lauren Bonner. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Dan. Thank you for having me. I am a current comedian. I, <laughs> I may not be funny anymore, but that's I still have the title. So let's never stop me. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, and you've got a you've got a show at the Emerald Theatre this. Sunday. I do. It's called Heartbreaker. Uh, Lauren Bonner, Heartbreaker. Google it. Please come. My, my <laughs> self-esteem depends on it. I'd love to see you there. Sunday when you night. When Google it, can I just Google the whole show? Is there a video of the show <laughs> so I don't have to come to the end more? Absolutely not. You have to buy a ticket. Whether or not you come, I don't care. Yeah, just pay the money, please. Yeah. It's like watching Netflix with 200 other people at the same time. 200? You believe in me so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and despite annual death threats, our next fear no has just celebrated their 20th anniversary as part of a satirical comedy group called The Chaser. You may have heard of it. Chris Taylor. Oh, how are you, Dan? Congratulations. 20 years of making funny yet salient work. 20 years of pretty much making the same joke over and over again. <laughs> we had one idea to chase politicians in the street. It's sort of a bit undignified now. We're all sort of 60 years old, I think. And yeah, we Clive's think... the only one you can catch now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort of became easy because I think when we did start, like the, the first jokes we ever would have written would, would have been about Kim Beasley and you can guarantee <laughs> they're about his weight. So it's a very easy sort of cut and replace, yeah. copy and paste sort of job with uh, Clive these days, yeah. And Nick, Next is the crucial deciding vote of every single Eurovision uh, contest happening right now. It is Lewis Homer. That's right. I will be accepting bribes in Euro only. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about tap and go without without like the conversion charge? Um, no, a- no, no. I will need it wired to me or, or Bitcoin. I'll accept Euro or Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm a Eurovision judge this That's year. That's so crazy. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's really exciting. I, uh, I love Eurovision. I love how insane it is, obviously. But yeah, I sat in my first... Um, jury sitting um, pronounced a judgment the other day which was really fun <laughs> got to watch Kate Miller-Heidke do an incredible job and yeah my next one will be sa- Saturday oh god the time difference screws me this weekend I'm going to watch the grand final and vote by being a judge you actually kind of leave a crucial mark on cultural history in the world talk like, it up Dan I, no, no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> really exciting about bloody Eurovision I, I could <laughs> like ABBA really... would be nothing without me <laughs> It's really exciting. It's like, not on the UN uh, Security Council. It's just saying whether one song was less naff than another. Is it, it like if you know if the world was like a private school, your name would be on like the drama board of mm. like oh. high achievers. You'd yeah. be a prefect. You'd be a prefect. Yeah. So you reckon Lewis, who's you know had a pretty successful career with Hungry Beast, he's now doing the Drive Show on Triple J. <laughs> you think his legacy will be one year? He got up at four a.m. for a couple of days a week to vote for Kate Miller Heidke, <laughs> only to see her lose because the whole competition's corrupt. I can't watch it. Deux poire. Are you concerned about corruption this Eurovision? No, I'm encouraging it. Again, I stress, Euro bribes. <laughs> Euro bribes. No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, they're really intense, actually. Uh, they sent me the whole guidelines uh-huh. for Eurovision voting. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not allowed to... Like, I'm, even now to you, I'm not allowed to talk about who I liked in the finals or who I think will wow. be doing well because it might influence my vote or, uh, yeah, and obviously I'm not allowed to vote for Australia either. Have you had any... Are you allowed to vote in the Australian election? Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, com- yeah. I'm, I'm like a prisoner. A rational fear.
All right, first fear today. Uh, Clive Palmer is back in the news again, as he is, as always been every day during the election, because this is the moment, I think this is the moment that Clive Palmer has actually become a real politician. He has offered very fast trains mm. to the electorate. Whether those fast trains will be fast if Clive Palmer is on that train or not it is up for questioning. But everyone is offering fast trains. Every single party is offering fast trains this election. Labor this month has offered $1 billion to buy land between Brisbane, Sydney, Canberra and Melbourne. Obviously not in Sydney. That'll get them half a block. (laughs) Yeah, three houses and a car park. Uh, That's a billion dollars gone. When do you say buy land? Like, is it... They need a corridor to lay the tracks. It's three metres wide. Right. Yeah. Three metres yeah, wide. It, where would you... How west do you need to go to find clear land? Like through Sydney, which just sprawls from pretty much the east coast all the way out to Penrith. Oh, I know I know the front of the Sydney University lawn has got a, quite a good strip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're, they're really... just going to cut right through and then head down a Melbourne laneway. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there are a lot of... Plenty of skinny, long strips of land that have been bought by former Labor planning ministers. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's plenty up for sale. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better? Couldn't you use the sort of the other side of the coast and over the water, sort of a, a hover rail system, if you will, <laughs> like a very fast hydrofoil or something yeah. like that? Why isn't anyone talking about that? No one's talking about it. No one's talking about it, Chris. I there's, don't know why. there's land going spare. You don't need to West Connects the whole country. Just put a very fast boat. <laughs> well, this is, what, this is the thing. Every party is offering. Liberals, or uh, last month, offered $2 billion in federal funds to mark out very fast trains from Melbourne to Geelong. Um, which is pretty interesting. A, a region well known for its track marks. Hey, that's my that's my hometown. You back off. <laughs> uh, no one wants to get there any faster. That won't work. Uh, even the Greens have said they'd like to get the ball rolling by dedicating one point six billion dollars for the creation of a high. Uh, speed rail authority, which mm-hmm. is great. Like, this is a, a good non-partisan idea from the Greens. Usually the Greens are off on their crazy lefty rants about climate change and clean water and breathable air. But fast trains is something we can all, you know, we can all jump on board with. Oh, is it just it would be great if it was just limited to Melbourne and we had, like, very fast trams. <laughs> so you could get to St Kilda to South Melbourne in, like, eight seconds. Yeah. Is anyone talking about that? It'd be real oh. scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do feel like a gelato in St Kilda yeah. and you are stuck in North Brunswick. Oh, it, would, it would be good. Pauline Hanson's One Nation, though, um, during the last Queensland election, is anti-fast train. Are they? Well, it so, brings the migrants in too quickly. <laughs> this, this is what she said on her Facebook page. She said she scoffed at the idea, saying it's absolutely ridiculous. We don't need more infrastructure to move people around. We simply need less people. <laughs> now what she also hates? Very fast sushi trains. Asian <laughs> cuisine coming into this country. It's, it's so baffling. Like, I just think like there was once a guy a long time ago a very famous Austrian architect who was also anti-population but very pro-trains and he seemed to make it work (laughs) (laughs) so very fast trains like why are we constantly offered this very fast trains it seems seems so baffling like the electorate doesn't believe we'll get them politicians don't actually believe they'll deliver it make Australia great fast trains for Sydney one hour to the CBD for up to 300 kilometres away why do they constantly offer it? Well, because it's a good idea, which is why it's so frustrating that they never do it. Like, it would be great. It would be really great. Like, fast, any time you go to a country that has a fast train and you get on one, mm. you go, this oh, well, great. this is obviously how things should be. And then you get here and you go, oh, no, never going to happen. But we can't it, even make slow trains work. But it seems to be, it seems to be such a non-partisan idea. It seems to be like everybody agrees that it's good. Mm. Why can't everybody get, get together and make it happen? 
I assume I assume it's something to do with cooperations between states and federal because it's such a massive infrastructure undertaking. I think it is a vote winner. We all want faster trains. And I mean, I would absolutely prefer to get a train to Melbourne rather than, you know, queue up in the $8 coffee <laughs> cafes at Sydney Airport. But, yeah, it, I mean, there must be a reason it hasn't worked and I think it's just a, bureaucratically a very difficult thing to get through. Maybe they all just backtrack because Palmer, like, if he built a fast train, I'm sure everyone would want to run away very quickly from his electorate. <laughs> um, that's He'd what like, I would do. Yeah, everybody's leaving Herbert. There's no yeah. one to vote for me. Like, Please stay. <laughs> I would hope that it does become like the NBN where uh, everyone agrees that they need it but then when it gets brought in... The Liberals just bring it in at, like, 1990 speeds, <laughs> like the 64-kilobyte version of the yeah. fast train. You know what would be good? Remember when they did, uh, I think it was SBS, that did slow TV of the, oh, GAN. Yeah, it's the GAN. Imagine slow TV with a very fast train. <laughs> <laughs> so you could go from Adelaide to Darwin in, like, two minutes. Just put it on a roller coaster. Well, that's not bad. Now, very fast roller coasters. <laughs> want to get to Brisbane with a little bit of adventure along the way. Irrational fears because they're communists. Your fear is rational. Clive Palmer is actually out of Queensland at the moment, so you know he he got on a very fast plane to Suva to Fiji. Why is why is Clive Palmer in Fiji this week? Um, very good question. Um, this is a guy who's running on the platform of Make Australia Great. Uh, I don't know where Fiji fits into that plan. Did, um, did I, he say that his friend was sick? He's like, my friend's sick on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his line. He's got an unwell friend. He doesn't have any friends. No. Name one friend. I reckon, I wonder if it's like such commitment to campaigning that not only has he sort of, you know, put candidates in every single seat, but even Australians who are currently on holidays <laughs> in popular tourist hotspots, he's going around personally to just advertise in front of them. You know, we're bringing a billboard to Fiji. He's probably doing Bali tomorrow. He'll be in London on the weekend. I mean, this is he should be applauded for his commitment to getting out there on the hustings beyond the shores of Australia. He's hitting Cooter, braiding kids' hairs, going, do you like fast trains, love? <laughs> Maybe it's just an excuse to wear a Lowe's Hawaiian shirt. Ah, it's more slimming. They're yes. very roomy. They're very roomy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because right now, do you think he's there talking about climate change at all? Because the UN Secretary General is in Suva right now at, at the Pacific Island Forum, where all the uh, Pacific Island nations, the danger of being swamped by oceans, not Asians, uh, are there to discuss real climate action. Do you think at all he cares uh, about that? Were you not listening to us early? No, he's there because he's got a very sick friend with the sniffles, and it's nothing to do with you know that the. Feed is quite a nice destination. He's definitely not going to that summit, I reckon. It might be that, and, and you know, you could accuse Clive of arrogance in this campaign, but he, maybe he just knows he's already got the election licked. He, he can afford to take the foot off the pedal and have an early holiday I actually, because he's got government in the bag. I actually think it'd be a great um, thing for us to bring in for all politicians that a week before the election... They all have to go to Fiji mm. and it be- we just send them all away so that they can't do any more interviews, Great. no more doorstops, no more policies. We all get a week just to chat about it amongst, amongst ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, it's team bonding yeah. too. They yeah, can do great. a high ropes course or yes. something. Yeah. It's like a summer camp. Just, just close your eyes. Just close your yeah. eyes, Clive, and lean back. We'll catch you. Yeah, we <laughs> trust you. Could you sell it as sort of like... 
politicians' schoolies. Yeah. Where you all yeah. send them over to let their hair down after a tough campaign. We'll be just assure them, we the electorate, we've got this now. You've done your bit. Democracy is in our hands. Oh, I just like that. I've got visions of politicians passing behind a bus shelter. Thank you for that. That's really remarkable. But enough about Barnaby Joyce and his stuffers. <laughs> a rational fear. Bill Shorten gets in. It is the end of life as we know it. <laughs> Tony Abbott is giving out his mobile number willy-nilly, Lauren. He is, he is. He read a story in the Sydney Morning Herald that a local voter, a very wealthy doctor in the Warringah region... Is there any other kind? Um, <laughs> <laughs> not in Warringah. <laughs> no, not in Warringah. Um, they said that they weren't going to vote Liberal for the first time in 25 years and Tony Abbott said... Stuff it, I'll just call him. Um, and he just called him on the phone. And he says that he doesn't think that he convinced him, but that they had a good chat. So oh. he's just desperate, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because there's, you know, in the last couple of elections, there's been this sort of um, advent of robocalls. Mm. Mm. And it must be very hard when you receive a personal call from Tony Abbott to distinguish it between a robo <laughs> version of Abbott and the real Abbott. Like how much of that phone call with the doctor was just yeah. going... Why is this robot what? calling me? I he just calls up and he's like, don't hang up. It's it's actually me. Please <laughs> just hang on. Hear me out. But right. robo calls I'm sure are... robocalls are too tricky. They'll actually say that these days. Like, <laughs> uh, don't hang up. It's actually me, uh, Tony Abbott. Uh, I've got a few things I want to tell you about. <laughs> Robocalls are just the thing that Chloe Shorten calls any time Bill rings. <laughs> <laughs> when Bill rings, it says, do not answer yeah. on the phone. <laughs> um, I thought that was amazing because now his, his constituents can not only just vote him out, but they can ghost him. They can oh just never God. text him back. He's, like, texting his voters, like, hey, you still up? Like, please, please call me back. Um, I miss you. <laughs> yeah, miss you. Do we, uh, hey, are we still above the line? we still got that deal going? Yeah. <laughs> Do we know his number? Is it is it possible to, is it, is it very public oh, now? No, I would love to get my hands on it, though. So if anyone out there has it, please. <laughs> text in. Text in. <laughs> Irrational fear. And the Australian government made a huge mistake this week, the Treasury Department. They mm. printed $46 million $50 notes mm. with a bit of a mistake, Chris Taylor. Yeah, with a typo uh, <laughs> on the note. Now we don't ask for much from our Treasury Department or our mints. They've got one job. Did they get the five or the zero wrong? Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. A lot of people have been down on, on the mint for, for this screw-up. And I think it's it's the $50 note and it's a bit of what they call microtext and mm. it's part of Edith Cowan's maiden speech. And they misspelt the word responsibility. The interesting thing about this um, is that these notes were released in October and no one noticed the typo <laughs> until, we're, what are we in, May at the moment? And so there's obviously not a lot of Edith Cowan microtext fans out there. <laughs> but and I reckon, yeah, kudos to them for not getting the five or the zero wrong. Yeah, because yeah. That, could have, yeah. You know, that could have been what you might characterise as a fuck-up. <laughs> but but they, they got the five and the O. In a nice font, in the right position. They got the yellow colour right. We can still call it a pineapple. It's a bit of text that doesn't really change whether it's legal tender or not. But, yeah. How does it works get- for me. I- it was going to be one of those things like st- with stamps. You know, when a stamp goes wrong, stamp collectors want to hang on to it. Yeah. But they're only worth 50 cents. Yeah. So, like, if you've got something that's $50, it's going to be tough. You're like, do I keep it because it's going to be worth more eventually? 
but it's also 50 bucks. Like, can I just afford to put that away? Mm. Mm. Uh, and the most interesting thing about this story was that it was broken by Triple M's Facebook page. Is that right, Chris? <laughs> That's where I go for my news. <laughs> it was. It all, was. My, all my prof reading, yeah. I go there. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Fin Review missed it completely. Um, <laughs> the financial department of the Triple M newsroom, uh, which I think Alan Cole has just been offered a job with. I think I, it's just they, it's because everyone on Triple M uses a 50 for their cocaine. <laughs> Up. Was it just Mick Malloy with a magnifying glass? I mean, oh, have, this, have, have a squeeze of this speech while he's on the toilet. Like, how did he? How did they notice it? I think it was a caller who rang Triple M and like spot. You know, that was one of those I've spotted a funny type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not realizing the gold they were sitting on. That this was a major national embarrassment. <laughs> well, that's about it for rational fear. Uh, please uh, go see Lauren Bonner at the Enmore Theatre uh, this Sunday. Do you accept $50 notes? Anytime I'll accept a $50 note from anyone. You know what would be great? If we kind of make this the official $50 note now and never correct it. You know, like there's some Mm. things that are wrong in history and and we sort of preserve it as a sort of fun little bit of folklore. Like Australia. Like Australia itself. (laughs) It would be terrible if any correctly spelled $50 note ever went back into circulation again. We should only have typos on our bank notes. Mm. Well, I I was actually going to go to the bank and collect a bunch and go, oh, I'm going to hang on to these for 20 years, but... There's 46 million of them. Like, they're everywhere. They're Everybody's not- got them. Yeah. And there's, there's already got them. So like, you've got $50. That's fair. I'm, go- I'm happy for you. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and Chris Taylor, people can listen to you on uh, on the ABC On any listener. street corner normally. Um, <laughs> one of the things when you've been in the chaser for so long, you get a bit senile and demented, so you tend just to hang out in Surrey Hills but you've got and a- talk about John Howard a lot. No one's told you he hasn't been in government for years. Yeah, you'll know it. Uh, Chris Taylor's lost his mind. We just go, Super League. <laughs> Still a strong reference, Super League. Democracy Sausage is the show I'm doing with Craig Rucastle at the moment. You can hear it on a range of mediums, ABC Radio, the ABC Listen app. It's now filmed for ABC Comedy and on iView. The opera's coming soon. We're performing at the Enmore Theatre just after the line this week. Uh, get behind it. And even though the election finishes this Saturday, allegedly, we're doing it for the next four years. <laughs> and Lewis Hobart, people can hear you and see you during Eurovision? Oh, uh, are you going to be on screen at all? Yeah, watch Eurovision if you like. Yeah, I don't know. You can see me wherever you like. Just call (laughs) me. I'll send out my number. Me and Tony. (laughs) Well, one person who knows a little bit about what's kind of what kind of might be happening on the ground is Australia's very own George Soros. Alex Turnbull. I spoke to him earlier. How's your foreign meddling going in our Australian election? <laughs> well, you know, it sucks. I don't have all that Russian money or hacking skills, uh, so uh, not as well as uh, the Trump campaign. But um, it's going okay. Uh, we are only a few days out from the election. How, how, in your mind, how do you see the cards landing? Um, I think. Well, look, I'm mean, gonna, I'm gonna model for what it's worth, but. I think Labor will do will form government. I don't think they're going to get over more than 83 seats. Um, some of the Indies seem to be doing materially better in the last couple of weeks, and some of the pre-poll data would suggest it's that's actually going pretty well. What's my putting together your my modeling? Cons- Is that just you as a hobby? <laughs> Sorry? How's oh, this modeling like- coming together? Uh, use, you know, an ensemble of, you know, sports betting odds and polls and just what, what all the other policies do, really. Huh. So just pipe it all in, screen scrape it, and um, 
you know, come up with a totally made up number and uh, <laughs> be confident about it. Same way, same everyone does in finance. Um, so um, I think certain elements of the Liberals' uh, scare campaigns have worked reasonably effectively. I think uh, some of the terrifying retirees has been somewhat a, a lot more effective. But I, I, I still don't see a reasonable path to victory here at this point in time. Who are you sort of excited to support? Uh, well, Julia Banks, of course. It, it, I, I spiritually support uh, Zali Stegel and um, Karen, though I have not funded them in any way, shape or form. When you say spiritually um, support, have you been burning effigies of them or do you have a priest? As, 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 as a Buddhist, it's all, it's all dark tantra. Yeah, anyway. Um, no, just kidding. Um, no, 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 just just, just wishing them well and, and hoping they they get up. But what about on the inside? Have have you you've obviously made a lot of enemies within you know the Liberal Party. Have you have you got any idea of how uh, folks with inside the Liberal camp themselves are feeling about you and this campaign? I, I I think it's kind of gone from thinking that this is a joke with after the pre the Wentworth thing, then they lost Wentworth, and then I got upgraded to pain in the proverbial and then after <laughs> after like paladin and a few other bits and pieces I'm, I'm i'm gradually working my way up to uh public enemy number one so we'll say um but yeah it's uh it's been amusing sort of seeing the news corp going from dismissive to uh full attack mode you're uh, just words, as, as, as a badge of pride yeah you're just a guy standing in front of a country asking that country to think about their voting choices that's all you're doing I know, I know, but they don't appreciate it because they like to tell people what to think. It sort of disrupts the business model somewhat. <laughs> do you, when you walk around Singapore, do you get um, people stopping, like expats stopping in the street, asking you what's going on? No, no. I mean, no one cares, which is great. So it's like, it's like I sort of log into Twitter and it's insane. And then like you log off and, the, you know, the gates of hell close and it's just silence. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> Have you voted already, Alex? Yeah, yeah, I voted like last week. <laughs> Who for? <laughs> uh, Who for? Obviously, Karen Phelps and then um, Rod Bauer in the Senate. And then I tried to, um, you know, sort the, uh, the various uh, you know, back end of the Senate ticket in the least offensive way possible, which actually requires some thought. What do you think um, about Rod's chances in the Senate? Is, does he have a, a chance at all? I think he does, actually, but it's, it's very, you know, these, um, look, I mean, they've got a reasonable amount of pickup in, social media and stuff but it's a new party it's it's very hard to estimate this sort of stuff from a cold start but oh, um look all, all rod all the marketing i've seen rod do is just put up that sign uh every morning he puts up a new sign so you know that's yeah, free publicity yeah. right there yeah yeah well this is really he's also very much online we'll see i mean i hope i hope they do well um but we'll, we'll see where they shake out for, I mean, as someone who's trying to, uh, you know, get get independence going, what is what are the core values that you have as an individual? Um, what do you kind of want to see these independents enact? I think it's more. I mean, I mean, first of all, just, I mean, my bar is is low on on any climate action. I mean, getting something done, getting Labor's target would be spectacular if it's done in some sort of vaguely coherent more or less market design oriented way, then I think that'll just reduce power prices and get emissions down and everyone will be happy with it. So, so that's, that's definitely a major priority. More about focusing on people who are, are not hyper-partisan, 
because one thing that, that was good with the, with the Medivac bill was you had people who were really willing to kind of get across the issues and and understand that, for example, okay, boat turnbacks, some people don't like them, but they seem to be an effective deterrent, but just locking people up in perpetuity on Manus Island and waiting till their minds break and they have a mental health breakdown and stop eating, that's not really value-add and it's actually just fucking terrible. So um, hmm. I think it's good to get people who are willing to kind of think for themselves and not just you know be be partisan hacks so um so those are sort of those are sort of priorities of mine uh there are numerous other things but it's more about just getting sane people in there as some as sort of a mirror to hold up against the two major parties which tend to be a little bit more um hyper-partisan and soundbite oriented do you think the liberal party is going to have a moment of reckoning after this election do you think they're going to tear themselves apart a little bit I think they'll tear themselves apart whether they're in government or not. I mean, this <laughs> most recent news about Jim Mullen and um, his sort of uh, campaign, which now the Nationals and Barnaby has cut up rough about, I mean, they're just going to continue in fighting no matter what. I just think it's like in government, out of government, well, they'll in fight no matter what. I mean, if they do it in the context of, uh, you know, being in government, that's obviously very destructive and disruptive. Mm. If they do it out of government, they can whatever, you know, whatever, they can have it out in the parking lot and just work out whether they want to still be under the same you know, um, flag anymore. One of the interesting risks that this election poses is the preference deals with Clive Palmer and Pauline Hanson and having a whole, having a, basically a hung parliament be voted in and the whole place, the lower house, be run by a bunch of yahoos. Uh, do you see ICANN constituents or ICANN con- candidates uh, as an antidote to that perhaps? Yeah, yeah, I think Rod's sort of, you know, a psychologically stable, reasonable, compassionate human being who's, um, you know, sort of would be a good, good uh, countervailing force for that sort of stuff. Uh, I think, I think the interesting thing with the with the right parties, and look, I hope I'm hope I'm right on this, is that it seems to be kind of zero sum. There's a certain hmm. proportion of the population which wants to vote for crazy right wing stuff, <laughs> and essentially any incremental vote uh, Clive gets seems to come at the expense of One Nation or Fraser Anning, and it's all kind of I just think that they might actually might actually be sort of the final scene of Reservoir Dogs where in the course of competing <laughs> with each other, they all just kind of, you know, eliminate each other, which uh, wouldn't be a terrible thing. Are you trying um, to say that or, are you trying to say that you're actually Mr. Pink? Um, no, no. Well, I mean, you know, hopefully without, you know, getting shot. Um, <laughs> you mean clowns to the far left of you, jokers to the far right of you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more, more like that, yeah. Um, Well, Alex, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us on Irrational Fear. This interview, of course, uh, uh, you paid for by supporting the 1300 Who the Fuck is PM uh, project. So (laughs) it's a bit of paid promotion for you. So thanks for supporting that That, project. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya. What did you guys think of what Alex Turnbull had to say? (laughs) I couldn't hear much of it. (laughs) I assume it was the usual uh, Peter Dutton's a (laughs) Uh, I hate Scott Morrison. Was it that kind of shtick? Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually recorded it yet. (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.